0: Welcome back to Broken Messenger. Sorry it's been so long since I posted, I've had a lot going on, and good stuff, just a lot of it. This message was in my heart to share, and my prayer is that this message reaches the hearts that God intended it to reach. When we take a look at our surroundings, not just here in the U.S., but all over the world, we are seeing this ever-increasingness of wickedness. We think to ourselves, as I'm sure generations before us thought, how could the wickedness get any worse? The reality is that just like it got worse for other generations, it too will get worse for the generations still to come until the return of Jesus Christ. And honestly, that's a pretty terrifying thought, knowing that our children and our grandchildren will be heading into a world more wicked than today. These thoughts can kind of be overwhelming, and in this episode of Broken Messenger, that is what we're going to be looking at. What scripture has to say about what is going on today and in the tomorrows to come as well as what Scripture says that we are to do about it. I've always thought that Romans 1 reads like it's speaking exactly to America in 2023. We know, though, that the Bible transcends many generations and is applicable to every generation. So, let's jump into Scripture and we'll pick up in Romans one twenty and read through the end of the chapter to verse 32. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His internal power, His internal power and divine nature, have cl- been clearly seen, being understood, from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. For the, although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him. But their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise. They became fools as they exchanged the glory of the immortal God of images made to look like mortal human beings and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them over in their sinful desire of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the Creator who is forever praised. Amen. Because of this, God gave them over to the shameful lusts even their women exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed shameful acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their error. Furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to a depraved mind so that they do what ought not to be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, no mercy. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these things, but also approve of those who practice them. So I just want to clarify one thing straight away. This episode is not to talk about politics or even the sins that are going on here in this scripture. The point I'm trying to make is that Paul wrote the book of Romans almost 2000 years ago. What is happening today is not shocking to God. Paul prophesied it and since all scripture is God breathed, as Paul says in his letter to Timothy, God knew these things would happen. And what is happening today is nothing new. Satan has no new tricks, he just recycles the same ones over and over. And I believe these things have always been going on, but with each passing generation, the approval is increasing, just as the scripture says. They not only continue to do them, they approve of those who practice them. And there's become a shift in the population where those who believe what scripture has to say have become the minority, while the other group has become the majority. What is happening in the world right now gets people riled up, as it should, to a degree. If we love what God loves, we too must hate what God hates. And for those that say that God loves, he doesn't hate, what then do you do with the scripture in Proverbs 6 that says, there are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. You are correct that he loves. He loves all people. He hates no people. Paul writes in the first letter to Timothy in chapter two, verse four, this is good and pleases God, our savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. He does, however, hate the sin in people. So if God hates sin, we too should hate sin. So when we see what is going on around us, we should be upset. In Revelations, the Lord holds toleration against the church of Thyatira. They tolerated the Jezebel spirit and God told them to repent of that. So if we tolerate the evil in our world right now, we too need to repent, and repentance means to change. I think in Matthew 24, Jesus is warning us about this increase in wickedness. Starting in verse 12, Jesus is speaking and He says, Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. Verse 13, But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Right before, in verse 11, Jesus says that many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. It is usually implied that many will give into this world of increasing wickedness and be consumed by sin. But I think we also need to look at those that do not give into the wickedness, but whose hearts grow cold because of the anger over what is happening in the world. When we love this country and we see it going to ruins and God being mocked, it's easy for our hearts to grow cold. Because if Satan can't get us to join in in the sin, he would be happy to distract us and to consume us with the sins of others. The only way that we can fight wickedness is through spiritual forces. We, in human strength, cannot fight the evil that is behind this world. Ephesians 6.12 says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So how do we battle in the spiritual realm with spiritual measure? Well, Let's take a look at Hebrews chapter 12. Starting in verse 1, reading through verse 3, it says, In verse 2, it says, fixing our eyes on Jesus. When we fix our eyes on Jesus, nothing else seems more significant than him. When we instead focus our eyes on other things, such as the ever-increasing wickedness of this world, nothing seems more significant than what we are focusing on. And because this world offers us no solutions, in time, the love of our hearts will grow cold. Back in Hebrews, it says, let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. That is one whole sentence. The race is marked out for us. The path, the length, the hills, the valleys, all we have to do is run with perseverance. And the only way we can do that is by fixing our eyes on Jesus so that we do not get distracted by the things that are surrounding us. When we begin to watch the world around us more than Jesus, we are allowing Satan to consume us with the increase in wickedness and the righteous anger begins to fester. Remember, we should have righteous anger. God says that what is going on in this world is detestable. But if we get distracted in, in short order, our righteous anger will turn into bitterness, rage, and, ang- and malice. Ephesians 4.31 says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. These things are not the fruit of the Spirit. When we read something about the current conditions of the world, or we see something happening in this world, we need to, we need to evaluate the emotional response and behavioral response it elicits from us. Does it produce good fruit? And if not, we need to repent and ask God how to respond with righteous anger, how to respond in love, biblical love, not worldly love. Back in Matthew 24, Jesus said the love of many will grow cold. If we look at 1 John 4, 16-21, we gain a little more insight into the love of many. It says, And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God, and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us, so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because because he first loved us. Whoever claims to have love... To love God, yet hates a brother or sister, is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen, cannot love God whom they have not seen. And He has given us this command, anyone who loves God must also love his brother and sister. So God is love. The love we have for God, for many, it will grow cold because of the increase in wickedness. It doesn't say the love will grow cold because men will succumb to their ever-increasing wicked desires. I believe it's possible that people will become so trapped inside their hatred of the sin being committed that they lose focus and instead of fixing their eyes on Jesus, they have fixed their eyes on the increasing weakness and their hearts will go cold. So we must run the race set before us with perseverance and our eyes fixed on Jesus while loving our brothers and sisters. And if we evaluate our response and we see that it does not align with righteous anger, we must repent and seek God's desire and plan." In Jude, I think we find a really good summary of this message today. In Jude 17-25, through it says, But dear friends, remember what the apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ foretold. They said to you, in the last times there will be scoffers who will follow their own ungodly desires. These are the people who divide you, who follow mere natural instincts and do not have the Spirit. But you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in the most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Be merciful to those who doubt. Save others by snatching them from the fire. To others, show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. To Him who is able to keep you from stumbling into the present, and to present you before His glorious presence without fault and great joy, to the only God our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Je- Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. So to put into really simple applicable terms, fix your eyes on Jesus, rid your heart of bitterness and anger and malice, seek the Lord for guidance in your spiritual batter, and persevere in agape love. Thank you for listening to this episode of Broken Messenger. I hope you found it to be both an encouragement and a call to action.